again, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Coco and Dalt's podcast. Oh, we're excited about this one. This is going to be a good one. Uh, for this uh, week, I'm uh, I'm still not Coco. And I'm still not Dalt's. So, Coco, what are we talking about this week? We binge-watched, uh, well, I guess we just watched it. It's not really a binge-watch. Is it a binge-watch, but it's just one movie? No, but it was like two hours and 20 minutes long, so it was pretty long. So it's longer than the standard episode of something, Yeah, but it's not quite... I, the Irishman. No. I guess. No, that's for sure. So what are we watching uh, or what are we talking about this week? So this week we're talking about the brand new Netflix release, The Devil All the Time, which is a whole lot of movie. <laughs> I am going to try to summarize it. There's stuff well, I'm necessarily just going to have to leave out because like I said, whole lot of movie i uh, i purposely did not take the summary on for this one because I, there's no way i was going to hit it <laughs> Daltz, yeah that i i think i'm going to be better at this one than Daltz would be yes so the movie fair. starts out with bill skarsgård plays a guy named willard he's coming home from world war ii on his way home to west virginia he stops in a little town in ohio meets and falls in love with a waitress they get married and have a kid named arvin when Arvin is around seven, eight, nine years old, his mom and dad both die. So he's now an orphan. He gets shipped off to West Virginia to live with his grandma, who is also raising the baby daughter of a family friend who uh, got killed by her crazy preacher husband, who, as an aside, killed her and then tried to resurrect her, which, spoiler <laughs> alert, never actually happens. This so, is not a summary. This is actually the movie, I think. Yeah. So Grandma's raising now Arvin and baby Lenora. Flash forward 15 years. Arvin is now played by Tom Holland, a.k.a. Spider-Man. Lenora is now played by Eliza Scanlon, also uh, known from Little Women. Lenora gets pregnant by sleazy preacher Robert Pattinson. <laughs> she kills herself. Arvin figures out R. Pattinson, a.k.a. R. Pats, a.k.a. Edward Cullen from Twilight. Uh, Spider Which I knew. I totally knew that. Spider-Man figures out that Edward Cullen is the baby daddy. There's a confrontation. Spider-Man flees West Virginia and goes back to Ohio, where he gets picked up. So the whole time... This plot is going on featuring Arvin. There's another main plot featuring a husband and wife serial killer <laughs> team played by Riley Keough and Jason Clark. Mm -hmm. They pick Tom Holland up after he has car trouble. A confrontation with them ensues. He ends up making it back to his hometown where he has yet another confrontation with the sheriff of that county who happens to be the brother of the serial killing wife mm -hmm. that Tom Holland just had a confrontation with. Final confrontation ensues. <laughs> Tom Holland flees and goes to Cincinnati and ends up not dying at the end of the movie, which I was actually surprised about because I was like, I don't know if this is the kind of movie where God's wrath is not going to rain down <laughs> on everybody involved in this movie. So, so you've just completely encapsulated the movie. There's no need for anybody to go see it. Right. Well, I mean, I really don't think there's any way that you cannot spoil this movie because well, it's so kind of esoteric. It's very like Christian gothic, Christian noir -y, And I just, I don't, 
think that you can just not completely give it away. Well, and it's very Southern, even though it takes place in Ohio. Parts of it take place in Ohio. It's very uh, backwoodsy. Yeah. It's it's, very rural. It's very rednecky. You just need the kid from Deliverance with a banjo. Right. That's basically all this It's exactly it. It's kind of (laughs) like, I think my summary would have been, not that I'm criticizing yours, but it would have been like, some stuff goes on in the backwoods. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And it's not good. (laughs) Right. And but it's also kind of what you would expect to happen. So the preacher guy played by Vampire Boy, he like you could tell he's up to no good right away. Oh yeah, totally. You can tell he's making moves on either the men or the women or the young boys or the young girls, depending on uh, you know which way the wind was blowing. You could tell something was going to happen there, and it did. And you could tell that um, Spider Man was going to get some revenge action on some people, and he did. Yeah, because that's how he was taught. Bill Skarsgård taught him to use violence right. to respond to violence. And that's what ended up happening when Arvin is now no longer a nine-year-old boy. So this is based on a book. And uh, the author of the book, I believe his name is Donald Ray Pollock. He was the narrator right. of the movie. So there were voiceovers throughout the movie that would kind of have quick asides. It was kind of like E2 Mama Tambien-ish. In that respect, for me, I was going to say Shawshank Redemption. Oh, that too. In the murder and the and the malfeasance, Mm -hmm. and it felt a little bit like I mentioned this to you uh, offhand when we were watching it. It sort of had like an "Oh Brother, Where Art Thou?" kind of vibe to the Coen Brothers classic with uh, George Clooney and assorted other great character actors in that one. And it had this backwoodsy, you know, like we're in the Bayou kind of feel to it. Even though, like I said, it wasn't really in the Deep South. It was kind of. It was in Ohio and it was West Virginia. So it wasn't really all that Southy, but it sure felt really South, like the accents and everything like that. And Robert Pattinson's uh, accent was very much the Southern Bible Belt preacher voice, you know, whether he was putting that on or not, I don't know, uh, in terms of the character. Um, it was it was definitely, it was definitely, it had that kind of vibe to it. But then when you said Ohio, I was like, oh yeah, right. This was kind of an Ohio movie. Like it doesn't really <laughs> feel like it was Ohio. What did you think, Coco? Well, I, I just spent like 20 minutes summarizing the movie. <laughs> so why don't why don't you tell us what you thought? So I think you're maybe serving up a softball here to me. You're lobbing <laughs> one up. So I had a hard time really getting interested in this movie. So let, let's backtrack. We went into this movie not really knowing anything about it. We knew it was trending very high on Netflix on the particular day we watched it, which it was had yesterday. A, it had a lot of uh, pre-buzz yeah. before its release. Like yeah. this, is one, this is one that we actually took a look at the list of things that were coming to Netflix this month and we were like oh we should watch that like in one of our planning meetings we were sitting around the the board table with all the staff members our production meetings right our production meetings we were sitting around (laughs) and i was like drinking a duncan and you were like looking at your phone and smoking a cigarette and and, that wasn't a cigarette with the uh with really thick really uh big sunglasses on because you don't want anybody to recognize you so at that production meeting when we were talking about this we just kind of skimmed right over it because we were excited about away and we were excited about uh, the challenger one that we we're doing and ratchet and ratchet and other movies that are coming and going and this one is like yeah it's new let's it's got tom holland in it and the vampire guy so let's let's watch that one so what i'm saying is there's some pros and cons to going into something and not having any preconceptions about it and I didn't have any preconceptions about it I didn't really I knew it would might be interesting and I knew it was an hour or uh, it was a movie that we could bang out it wasn't a series that I didn't know anything mm-hmm. about so having said that um, I'm not sure I would have watched this if I'd have known more about it <laughs> 
because it's just not really my type of movie. I mean, it it, it had a lot of potential, and there's a lot you know, there's murder and and there's uh, there's a lot of murder. There's malfeasance and there's broken characters and there's some interesting backgrounds and there's flashbacks and there's flash forwards and there's flashing. Yeah, <laughs> on the preacher's part. Um, so I, but I didn't really, I didn't really dig this movie. I, I just, it was just too complicated and it was too messy and it was too, in some ways, predictable. Like it was, I, I could see what was going to happen. I knew mm-hmm. that Spider-Man at the end of the day was going to come out the hero. And oh, you did? Yeah, it's just like I knew that he was going to set everything straight because his character was was formed by this this double tragedy of his parents dying and that seems like a redemption arc to me is like he comes out of it and he's he's wronged or he's righted all the wrongs that occurred along the way so i i, I didn't really it didn't dazzle me i mean mm-hmm. i i liked uh the vampire guys acting in it i thought it was pretty good oh oh and you didn't <laughs> i i thought it was i thought but i haven't seen him in anything else so okay. i don't know what the comparison is there but i thought he was pretty good and i thought tom holland was okay i mean he didn't I've only seen him in Avengers, I think. Yeah, Spider-Man and Homecoming and I don't did we see Spider-Man Homecoming? We did. I dragged you to that. Okay. You sat there and you like steam was coming out of your ears was the I, whole time. Was it was it a movie? Uh, <laughs> yeah, actual? we went to, yeah, we went to the uh, double I, dip. Was I sitting and facing the other direction during part of the movie? No, but you were very slumped over and the body language was like I really better get some later cuz I'm really <laughs> angry about this. And when you say some you mean cookies because yes. that's what we're talking about. Uh-huh. Um well, I thought he was fine. I mean, I don't really know much about his acting chops. The fact that it was a book, you could tell. Yeah. Uh, the narration is a dead giveaway when they can't stitch uh, the storyline together. They throw in a narrator to try to pull everything together when it's a book adaptation. Um, and it was fine. But I, I think it's, I mean, I'm getting ahead of myself, but I'm I'm not recommending this one. How about you, Coco? Wow. You go. Um, I was more into it than you. But definitely not knowing anything about it, I think, was a setback because I could have braced myself for it better (laughs) if we had known. Um, I actually, I loved Tom Holland in it. I thought he was great. Oh, yeah? Um, I did not like Robert Pattinson. Oh, how come? I thought he turned the camp up to 11. He was like the only person (laughs) playing it campy. Everybody else was being very deadly serious. And like when he was talking to Lenora in I believe one of the seduction scenes or maybe when she told him she was pregnant and he was he said something about Hollywood celebrities like Ava Gardner or whatever and I was like what is that accent like what are you doing but he was a preacher though he's like the way I took it was his character was supposed to be over the top anyway and he was acting well acting as acting in that role I've so I've only seen him I believe in the Twilight movies and The King, which you weren't interested in watching last year, so I watched it on my own. It was mm-hmm. that uh, Timothée Chalamet movie about uh, Henry the Fifth, I think, oh, yeah, and right. and uh, Joel Edgerton was uh, a period piece. Yeah, that fatty. Who is that fatty? <laughs> I don't know. I, there, there's it so starts many... with a net. Falstaff. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> anyways, I was thinking uh, John Candy. I mean, I was like... <laughs> anyways, Robert Pattinson played uh, the French King, and he also played that very. That was also a very kind of serious movie. And then suddenly, here comes our Pats, and he's all campy, and he's got like a blonde wig, and he's very fey. And so, wait a minute. What about the King in Hamilton? 
The king in Hamilton was great. Yeah, but that... He was campy. Yeah, but that was... That fit, I thought. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, and especially with, like, our preconceptions about George III as well. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. So, for me, Robert Pattinson is one of those people I can only see him as Robert Pattinson. And right. then you throw him in this, and I was... I, he took me out of it. I was just like, oh, God. So, you're not going to go watch him in Batman? Probably Batman. not. I'm probably not. So, so Tom Holland, yay. Our Pats nay um the storyline it was intriguing it was very kind of windy around yeah you that's know. what when i say complicated i had yeah. a hard time following a little well, bit of it i just meant it more like kind of meandered like i thought that it finally got like pretty good when tom holland just went crazy and started killing people yeah. so like the last like 20 30 minutes of the movie like that was when i thought it was like a really gripping it was focused exciting movie and then before that like i understand why you had to have everything before that mm-hmm. but it was just very kind of slow and plotting. well you don't want it to turn and, into like first blood or anything like that well i would i t- i know you don't i know you're tired of the action movies but i'm just <laughs> like yeah man just shoot everybody let's wow. do it these are the times we're living in people <laughs> coco is fed up and had it and in real life i'm like due process but in movies <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that guy's getting what what's coming to him. I'm like, you kill our pats. Like, you kill Sebastian Stan. Like, Spider-Man's taking out Bucky Barnes. Let's do it. Like, I, so, wow. so I was very... I was harsh. I was feeling the Christian vengeance in this movie. So when I'm sitting beside you watching a movie, and you're completely motionless, <laughs> and you're focused entirely on the movie, I'm thinking, wow, she's looking at the subtext here, and she's looking at where the influences are, and I'm fascinated. And meanwhile, you're like... Kill the MF! <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Well, Stab him in the eye! Well, there was, I mean, there was subtext because all the really bad guys in this movie are people who are supposed to be good guys. Authoritarian. Like, yeah. yeah, like the cops. The authorities, I guess. Yeah, yeah, the cops and the preachers. And yeah. I, I would hope that by now everybody would, like, know that just through life experience, that usually tends to be not true. Mm-hmm. You know, but this just really... The you people know. you're supposed to trust are not trustworthy. That's the message in this movie. Yeah, exactly. Or the book, like I guess. one preacher like kills a lady. Yeah. You know, one preacher is just like banging all the teen girls he can. Right. You know, there's a cop who's a corrupt cop. He covers up like his sister's crimes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like all the people you're supposed to trust who are supposed to serve and protect do not do that. So I wanted know. to see more about the corrupt cop covering up the like that was really fascinating to me. And maybe there's more about that in the book. But if you come upon something like that, and what become what comes first? I mean, family obviously comes first. But in a situation like this, where your sister is part of a serial killing spree, mm-hmm. where does the line get drawn? I mean, you got to be a cop first. I mean, I'm sure you take some sort of oath to say you're uphold the law, uphold the law whenever possible and to the utmost, ex- whatever it happens to be when you get signed in as a cop so that that really like seemed to me that was really interesting and that was kind of a very flash in the moment sort mm-hmm. of part of the of the movie um so i thought there could have been more there but maybe that maybe that got lost because there's just you know there's only so much time right and i i did actually like so sebastian stan played the sheriff the brother of riley keogh when he realized what she and her husband had been doing he destroyed all the evidence, like all the pictures they'd taken of her mm-hmm. having sex with the victims and then the victims' bodies. Like he destroyed all those pictures. He burned everything. Like he, I think he scrubbed down their apartment. But then in his final confrontation with Arvin, Arvin had been in their car and he had taken photos from the car right. after his confrontation with the husband and wife. So when he kills Sebastian Stan, he plants the photos 
on Sebastian Stan's body. So the truth comes out eventually anyways. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like another another like theme. good will prevail. Yeah, good good will prevail. I like I said though I wasn't expecting Tom Holland to survive. Like I figured that hippie who picked him up in the VW bus was probably <laughs> just going to like you know, he was going to get like a screwdriver straight in the neck, like, you know, <laughs> Lenora's mom did. Cause I was like, this is not a movie with a happy ending. Right. You know, like I thought he was just going to turn him in. So here, here's, that's my different perspective. You're over there, like imagining stabbings. And I'm thinking, <laughs> well, maybe the, the law abiding hippie will take him to the police precinct and turn him in <laughs> right. with a citizen's arrest. <laughs> right. Cause then that would come full circle. Right. Because everybody in this movie was just so touched by tragedy. Right. Just, Death and unwanted pregnancy and financial hardship and just so I figured this would like close the circle mm-hmm. from like the father's kind of original sin in World War Two mm-hmm. and now the son is gonna like die as well you know the sins of the father and everything so I was fully expecting Tom Holland to just bite it at the well, end well and especially considering the title of the movie The Devil All the Time you're right. thinking well the devil is winning the devil is in the details the devil is touching everything in this movie, you're thinking, well, the devil's going to win as well. Uh, and Tom Holland's not going to be around at the end. The other question I had regarding this movie is, so the dad brings back a Luger that apparently had been used to sh- that Hitler had lo- used to shoot himself. <laughs> There's a lot of guns out there that, you know, Hitler used to shoot himself with. <laughs> and and yet the dad had done a tour in south in the south pacific right so i didn't i didn't put that together i was like well the south pacific and germany they're very far (laughs) apart especially in those days it's not like you're jumping on a plane and getting there right so i didn't understand that bit maybe it was intentionally fraudulent uh that is just another fake uh hitler gun but there was there was that 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 sort of threw me off for a couple minutes after i'm watching so i'm trying to figure that out and then something happened and i missed it and so there were a couple of instances in this movie where i was just like "Ah, i didn't hear what they say and i i I don't care (laughs) (laughs) what do you say i don't know i'm I'm looking at my phone i don't care yeah i you didn't pull out your phone as much as you normally do when you don't like something but after the first couple times i was like there's no way he's checking imdb to see who that person is like he's already checked imdb a couple times for the cast so i'm like yeah he's just he's I'm just texting now texting my daughters or something like that <laughs> I'm, I'm very self-conscious now about my phone use during the movie because i know i'm gonna get busted on the podcast <laughs> so as soon as i pull it out it's like well you pulled your phone out seven times in the first 25 minutes and therefore i realized you didn't like this movie it's a tell it is a tell. Apparently my tell is yawning and fidgeting and your yes. tell is you Well, know, you're Facebook. usually so in the zone. Like sometimes I think you're asleep. You're like, I look over just with the corner of my eyes. Like, is she really awake? Is, is she enjoying this? And I, so I have no idea until the end of the movie. And sometimes we don't even talk about the movie afterward because we want to save it for the podcast. And so I'm like, I wonder how she how she's reacting to this movie. I Like sometimes I can tell, like especially if we're binge watching something like Mm -hmm. away when there was so many episodes, it's like, well, you got to eventually we got to talk about some of this stuff because we can't store it away. You're not supposed to bottle everything up. You're supposed to let it go. (laughs) Communication is the key. Right. To a successful podcast. So is there anything else you want to say about the devil all the time? No, I just, uh, I like it's, it's not even half a Bible up. I think it's just, yeah, it's like a fraction of a Bible. I just didn't. I didn't care for it very much. And it's not, it had a lot of potential. Like it could have been, you know, in the, in the garden of good and evil, it could have been like a Southern uh, treatise that was done well. And you had sort of fear in your mind for the characters and that sort of thing. But it just didn't, and, you know, and, and supernatural and things like that. Like I'm not looking for 
magic or anything like that, but it just didn't seem to, it didn't connect to me. And maybe the book is better. The books are always usually better right. in these kinds of things. So the book is probably a little bit more uh, layered and a little bit more uh, connected, but this one just didn't do it for me. How about you, Coco? What's, what are you going to do today? Are you going to do a letter, a letter grade or a number grade? Or, uh, <laughs> or are you just going to kick me underneath the table? I'm going to go back to the letter grade because uh, as listener will know, I was unable to give a letter grade on our previous podcast so I got to be consistent. I got to get back on track. I'd, I'd say I'd give this maybe like a C minus. Oh, really? Yeah. I thought it would have been higher than that because you liked it more than I did. I did like it more than you, but I think it was too long. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just very meandery. You didn't like uh, our pats either. No, our pats was not a plus at all. Tom Holland, I thought was great. Yeah. Um, but... I think that's because Tom Holland is Spider-Man and you're like extrapolating, extrapolating that out of it. <laughs> I, another strike against the movie is that uh, there was doggy side early on <laughs> and I was very unhappy about that. And, Canine side? And at the very end, Tom Holland goes back to the old homestead and he, he finds his dog's bones and buries them and buries the Luger with them. Right. And, and those bones, by the way, were amazingly scrubbed clean. Oh my God, they were. So like, they were like bleached white. It's like he went into a museum at first, I was like, that can't be the dog's bones because they're too clean. Like, what? where did he get those from? So I, what do I know? Right. So, yeah, it wasn't, it was fine. I'm, I'm not sitting here like, oh, that's two hours and 20 minutes of my life. I'll never get back. But like, I don't need to watch it again. Yeah. And I'm not going to run out and buy the book either. Sometimes if I watch a movie and I really like it, I'll go out and buy the book, like up in the air or something like that. But not this one. Yeah. If I haven't already, already read it. So there you go, listener. Coco and Daltz. Don't really recommend The Devil all the time. Yeah. And we've had some pretty good stuff lately, and we've had a good string. So every now and then, you're going to get a dud, I think. Yeah, for real. I I also want to mention the crazy preacher who uh, stabbed his wife in the neck with a screwdriver and then tried to resurrect her, played by the same guy who played the crazy big pharma biotech guy Uh in The Old Guard. Yes. So this guy apparently has is making a career out of playing villains in Netflix original movies. So Reprehensible dudes. As soon as he showed up on the screen, I was like, that's the guy from the old guard. And so be prepared to see more of him apparently in Netflix original productions. Maybe it's like the olden days where they have like studio contracts. Oh yeah. You know, and he's got like a Netflix studio contract. How can we get one of those? I think we, we, we should get one actually. And we should just be like in the writer's room with all these ideas we've got. That's a great idea. Netflix. Please email us at cocoandults at gmail.com and let us know that you would like us to work uh, for you. We would appreciate that. We'll take the call. Yeah. You can also find us on Facebook at Coco and Dalts. You can find us on Twitter at Coco and Dalts. You can find us on the interwebs at cocoandults.com where we review things that we don't talk about on the podcast. And finally, for the podcast, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn, Google Play, YouTube, IMDb, and now on Amazon Music. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And if you're in India, we are also on Ghana. So once again, listener, thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. Uh, I'm not Coco this week. And I'm not Dolls. 